welcome to the Unfiltered Femme podcast, your new world to get the lowdown on all things pleasure, sexuality, the mysterious female body, dating, relationships, and everything you need to know to step into your most unfiltered, unapologetic, empowered, and turned on self. I'm Steph Morris, a love, sex, and intimacy coach, and along with some incredibly fabulous guests, I'm here to spill the tea on those topics that are typically hush-hush, the juicy things that you want to know all about that have maybe been a little bit too shy to talk about. Think of me as your fearless guide and partner in crime, creating a space for the unfiltered, the raw, the authentic chats where nothing is off limits and there's no such thing as too much. The Unfiltered Femme podcast is all about breaking down those walls and celebrating what it means to be an unfiltered feminine being. I hope you're ready for a wild ride. Let's dive right in. I am so excited for this episode of the Unfiltered Femme podcast. Today, the theme is all around talking about self-pleasure because obviously there's nothing off limits here. And I have a fabulous guest, Janae, who is a certified relationship and life coach, the host of her own incredible podcast called My Naked Mindset, which is all about sex, the taboo topics, dating, and everything that typically would be off limits. She goes there, she talks about it all, and that is how we initially connected. I was on her podcast, which was very juicy. So Janae, please introduce yourself and let's dive in. I'd love to hear for you to share a little bit around your story. How did you get onto this path as well? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with you again. I, yeah, I started this journey about almost two and a half years ago at this point. And I really have always been a person who loves to talk about sex. I've also, you know, been in the dating world for a while until I found my fiance. So I kind of went on 21st dates in 2019. And that's kind of how I started the podcast. And yeah, I've always been like the go-to person for all my friends. Like if they have sex questions or, hey, is this normal, Janae? And so I kind of just you know, do a lot of research, do a lot of reading. I've talked to so many sexperts and I've just learned so much these past two and a half years. And yeah, it's just been such an awesome journey. Mm, I love that so much. It's always so fun to hear how people got into this line of work talking about this. And so it's awesome that you're, you've always been that person. Very different from my journey where I was not that person. So I'm like, I find it, I was not a sex uh, open dialogue kind of person. So it's always fascinating to me and it just makes sense when other people are sharing about this and your podcast is so juicy, the, the depth of topics that you go into. So I can't wait to, yeah, to dive back into that. So I'd love to know, as we're going to be talking all about self-pleasure, which I think there's a lot of misconception around self-pleasure and it's something that is a really, really important topic that women listen to conversations around, start having conversations around themselves and start to engage in their own self-pleasure practice. And we'll get into this, but I'd love to know a little bit about your own journey with self-pleasure. Were you always connected with self-pleasure? Did you do it growing up? Did you grow up in a household where it was talked about or it was celebrated? Just share a little bit around where you started and kind of the journey that you went on with your relationship to self-pleasure. Yeah. So I would say I definitely grew up in a sex positive environment. My mom, you know, right when I, or before I started to have sex, she kind of put me on birth control. She was like, you know what? You're not going to be a teen mom, the whole situation. Um, So I would say I remember the first time I actually bought my first toy, which was definitely like in high school, my first boyfriend and I went to that store called Spencer. So it has like a bunch of different stuff. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have probably been to that store in the mall And I will never forget, it was like this little tiny vibrator and it was blue and it probably had like one setting of a vibration and you had to put like batteries in it. So I'm really, I'm really aging myself here, but the old school and I remember using it like a couple times and I was like, oh wow, like this can be really, really fun. Like along with, you know, partnered sex. And I think, you know, as I kind of grew older I was like okay now I want to like really experiment that was like my first like experiment I guess you could say and then as I you know in college after I definitely like always loved to have a new toy I love to like play around and just kind of see like because I think it can be really cool to see okay what 
what feelings do I, what, like, what do I really like? What am I liking about this? And I think when you get to explore your body and figuring out what feels good to you is so, so important. And you can use it in your partnered sex, right? Because when you learn, oh, okay, I really like clitoral stimulation, you can say to your partner, hey, like, this is how you do it. Like, you can almost be a teacher to your partner. And I think that that's mm. so, so important. So I would say, yeah, I always am like getting new toys. I'm actually part of this website. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's called Pure Romance. So I have like a website that I can, you know, sell things on so or sell things. So I'm a big proponent of just learning more about your body and prioritizing your own pleasure. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I've heard of pure, uh, pure romance. It's basically like Tupperware parties for sex toys, isn't it? That's what I've yes, heard. Yes. <laughs> Sounds epic. I love it. I'm actually, I have actually got a couple of things from them in the past. Yeah. I love, that. <laughs> I love to explore as well. So how would you define your relationship now to self-pleasure? I love that you're saying you can use it mm-hmm. to be a teacher to your partner, which I think is really important and to find out and discover what we like as individuals, how would you define your current relationship to self-pleasure? Ooh, I would say it's healthy. I would say I never really had, or maybe when I was younger, maybe I thought, ooh, should I be doing this? Because I think that there is such a stigma around self-pleasure, like, oh, guys do it, but why do girls do it? Like, it's Mm -hmm. dirty. And I think there is such a stigma around that. And so I love that we are talking about this because it's like the same as guys, like, or penis owners. It's like, if they're allowed to do it, we should be allowed to do it. And I think we should be empowered to learn about our bodies. So I would say my relationship with it is healthy. I think I feel like really good when I can get myself off and like have a little squirt session because that's something that I can do. So I think it's just, it's really just kind of a fun way to explore your own body. If only more women had that relationship with self-pleasure, because there is, like you said, such stigma and shame attached to it. And a lot of people will feel that sense of guilt or dirtiness Mm -hmm. after exploring self-pleasure, which is a barrier to diving into it more. And it really is something that's so powerful for women to reclaim their own pleasure so that they're not sourcing it externally. It is fascinating though. In the past, I have probably a year or one or two years ago when I started to post about dildos and sex toys and things like that, I would often get comments from men questioning, Mm. like, I genuinely don't understand. I wouldn't want my woman to be using these things. Like, what does this mean? And sometimes they were actually engaging in conversation because they genuinely did not understand why I was posting about that and making making it mean other things. Like, I think that's quite Mm -hmm. common that people make the assumption if you're using sex toys or if you're self-pleasuring that that, that's for single people or that's for sluts or that's for people who aren't getting their needs, needs met, or that means that their partner is not satisfying them. And I just think Mm -hmm. that that's so outdated and wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. But such a barrier to women diving into self-pleasure. And so I'd love for us to talk a little bit, especially from your experience being a dating queen. Love that. Mm. I've never dated. So I do not (laughs) have any experience, like personal lived experience in that dating realm. But how did you find that your relationship with self-pleasure, like did that impact the way that you dated, the way that you were going into dates, the way that you were exploring that whole scene? Like what what was that like for you? I'm super curious. Oh, I love this question. I would say, you know, when I, if I was hooking up with someone or if I was kind of seeing someone, you know, I would definitely like, I would definitely show them, oh, okay, like I really like clitoral stimulation. I really like, you know, hair pulling. Like I would kind of be able to teach them because I knew what I liked Mm -hmm. and I knew what I didn't like. Right. And I think that that, that alone is so important because I think you're just teaching them. Oh, okay. Like, wow, this like, and that's the other thing too, is I think someone, your previous partner could not like what you like and vice versa, or you could really, really hate something, but the next person could really like it. And so I think everyone is so unique in that format. And I think it's something that you should, really be empowered to be like, Hey, like I know what I want and I know what I like, and this is how you do it. And like I said, kind of being like the teacher. And I think, yeah, it's, I feel like 
I think the partners that I've had kind of knew that I was sex positive. They knew like, oh, okay, she knows. So I think I was, I think I put that off a little bit and like kind of was like, hey, this is me. If you like it, great. If you don't, like, I don't really care because that was just how I was. Mm. And did that help you have more confidence when you were in the dating scene? Because you knew, I know how to pleasure myself. I know what I like. I know what I want. Like either you meet that or you don't. Like there must be that level of confidence and empowerment that comes from that. Yeah, totally. And I think too, just like, yeah, because when you know what you like, even like in the dating world, like, oh, okay, I really know that I want someone that's a mot- like motivated and that you know, is my number one fan and stuff like that. It's like the same thing. And Hey, I know, I know what I like in the bedroom. And yeah, I think when you have that confidence, you know, with your self-pleasure, with your sexuality, I think it also, it, it boosts in other areas of your life because you're just exuberating the confidence and people can see that. I think it's so, it's noticeable. And I think, you know, I've podcasted with other women that talked about this too, of like, confidence in the bedroom and boardroom are like the same thing yes exactly so true I think people don't realize that connection though they compartmentalize they're like sex is Mm -hmm. one area of life self-pleasure don't need to do it and work is work and it's so interconnected like can you share a little bit more around that what have you learned from podcasting over 120 you said the number before 120 something yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Like what have you learned from these women or humans that you have spoken to around that correlation between the bedroom and the boardroom? Yeah, so it was really an interesting episode and she basically says like if you walk into your work and you are confident, you know your shit, you're going to own it, right? And if you also do the same thing in the bedroom, it yeah, you're right. It's the same correlation and I think too like when you own what you're doing, no matter what it is, right? People are just going to notice that they pick up on that energy. And I think that that is powerful, really, really powerful. Mm, I agree. Do you feel like this is, I feel like once you do work around your sexuality and you're really connected to yourself, that you can almost sense that in other women. Do you agree with that? Oh, for sure. Yes. (laughs) It's like this like spidey sense, this sixth sense. I always tell the women in my programs, like once you have moved through this work, you can just tell in the way a woman holds herself, in the way that she speaks, in the way that she dresses, in the way that she moves. You can tell if she is connected sexually to herself and confident and liberated in that sense. And it's so fun because it's just so obvious. It is, yeah, yeah. Juicy, juicy power that we can really tap into. So I'd love to touch a little bit now on, I'm going to share a little bit around the power of intentional self-pleasure, because I feel like this is just not known about, and we can kind of have a conversation around this. So the way that we self-pleasure is very connected to the way that we show up in other areas of life as we're diving into. So something that I'd love to talk about is vibrators and other toys, because for me, I think vibrators are amazing and Mm. super pleasurable. And I think they're a great entryway for women to start to explore their bodies. My only issue with them, and I'd love to chat about this, is I think that women can get a little bit addicted to them and they can still bypass their body's signals and self-pleasure in a disconnected way because Mm. you don't necessarily need to be turned on to use a vibrator. You don't have to actually be listening to your body you can still have that like quick fix surface level sort of pleasure session if that makes sense like do you agree Mm -hmm. with that what's your sense like what's your relationship with vibrators versus other toys and fingers Mm. and like crystal wands or glass dildos or something that's like a little bit more manual you know what I mean like I think trying out different things because what what it does is from what I've heard is it's almost like our brain is an autopilot when we're getting off. And so when your body gets so used to that vibrating sensation, it's almost like, oh, well, you know, you're going to come and you know, you're going to whatever, oh, or whatever, like you're going to feel that climax. But then when you kind of, it's almost like, I almost think of it like edging, but like Mm. you are switching it up and doing it manual. So even if you stop using the vibrator and use your fingers, 
whether it's every other time you do vibrator fingers, whatever. And I think just keeping your brain, because our brain is our biggest sex organ. I know that that's a huge thing. So I think keeping your brain almost on its toes because you don't know what, you know, are you going to do fingers? Are you going to do this? Like Mm. keeping it interesting, I think is really, really important. Yeah. I so agree because otherwise it becomes, can become this checkbox sort of thing for people as well. And it does remove the spontaneity and almost like that desire aspect. And it becomes such a boring thing for people like, oh, Mm -hmm. I've learned from this conversation that I should be self-pleasuring. Therefore, I'm going to tick box it. And anything that becomes a chore just defeats the whole purpose of it. I love the advice to switch it up because our bodies do have this sort of muscle memory. And so Mm -hmm. it gets used to, our bodies get used to receiving pleasure and orgasming in a certain way. And this is really common with women who can only orgasm through one sort of way either using a vibrator or only through clitoral stimulation because we actually have the accessibility to orgasm in all the different ways we just have to train our body and just like if we're going to learn to play a piano we don't just buy a piano and then be this master like mastery takes something like isn't like Mm -hmm. ten thousand hours or something probably got that wrong but it's a lot of hours so it's the same thing we want to become a master of our body gotta put the hours in to play and to learn and to explore so i love it this is the maybe there's a little self-pleasure challenge we can we can make up at the end of this for the people to mix it up like seven day self-pleasure challenge pleasure yourself in a different way every day for seven days maybe we should do this this sounds fun oh i love i love this idea i want to do it (laughs) let's do it okay let's make it happen making a note of this I'm like I am up for the challenge I know many people yeah because it'd be interesting to see like how does that change things right when you give yourself permission to explore and mix things up and I think that's a common sort of challenge that individuals but also couples will get in relationship is things becoming boring, sex becoming transactional, sex becoming this checklist, again, this should sort of thing. And I think there's the opportunity for people to find a new and define a new relationship with sex if they were to explore more with themselves around their own self-pleasure. Do you agree? Mm, I love it. Yes. I think it's, that's genius. Genius. (laughs) I just love talking about self-pleasure. So the other thing that I would want to touch on also is going back to the disconnection that people can have is the way that people relate to their own bodies. If they're self-pleasuring in a disconnected way, there's Mm. also going to be a level of disconnect that they have with their partner. Just like if they fear feeling themselves and fear their own body, which is really common for so many women, there's going to be a level of fear that they take into their partner, feeling them in that way and knowing them in that way. So it's really important thing for women to remember that the more challenging or sticky the relationship with your your own body and your own self-pleasure that does get taken into partnership and at the end of the day everybody wants more pleasure everybody wants to orgasm more everybody wants to have better sex whatever that means to an individual and Mm. I think this is a really powerful way people can take that road to really get there by diving into some self-pleasure sessions yes I love. so I would love to know because you are a little bit from what it seems a toy queen based on Mm -hmm. what you've shared (laughs) in your relationship what would be some of your favorite toys for self-pleasure okay this is a good question and it's funny because I think for a while I only had like one type of toy and then I kind of did the pure romance thing and then I was like oh shit now I gotta get all the things so my favorite one right now is the g-spot like the internal but also on the other side it has like the air suction thingy Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about Uh so it has like both and it's Oh, it's just unreal because I love the G-spot thing, but I also love the sensation. And and you can't replicate. I find that you cannot replicate the air pressure suction thing. Like no. oral doesn't do that. 
that that one is unique and so that one I think is definitely one of my favorite and then I also have one that kind of hugs the vulva and it's not internal it's just like a I mean it is a clit one but it kind of just hovers over the entire vulva and that one is unbelievable and I usually like normally and this is what I kind of learned through one of my experiences is when I was using it I was like oh I don't actually know if I could just have a clitoral orgasm I was like I think that I need both Mm. and then from that toy I had just a clit orgasm and it was incredible so I think again trying out new things because I used to like I used to go manual like I would just use my fingers and I could squirt and I could orgasm and then like yeah I think it's like I said earlier it's good to try out different things so your your brain is not like used to the same thing every single time. I need to look these toys up because I'm like I have not experienced these kind of toys. (laughs) They sound super powerful. So would you recommend like how how would people get into self-pleasure like what would be your if you there was a newbie somebody because very common I know many many women who have never touched themselves they won't even touch their vulva they won't put their fingers inside they think it's gross they literally will be like "Ooh, I cannot do that I cannot put my fingers there so I think the fingers for some people is like quite scary and but again that's like if you're fearing a part of your body or you're disgusted by a part of your body like you're living with that on a daily basis like that's something really quite intense and heavy to be to be living with on a daily basis so self-pleasure tips for a newbie what would you say as yes and I and I same I know a lot of women that do not or have not ever self-pleasured so I would say my first tip would be starting small like get into a, a comfy position no matter where that is and I think really doing some breathing to start out I think that that kind of like will soothe your nervous system it will make you feel relaxed and also make sure you're like you don't got anything going on someone's not just going to come over your house like make sure you're like in a good space right mm-hmm. do some breathing and I think really you know, allowing yourself permission to go down there. And maybe if you even do some journaling, writing down why I don't feel like I can touch my body or why do I think it's gross, like write out these questions and maybe even talk to, you know, a sex coach, a sex therapist, because I think that that could, there could be some deeper things in that. But I think starting slow and maybe you just get a little bullet. I think a bullet is such a great way to introduce into self-pleasure because it's little it's not intimidating it can feel really really good so maybe you just start out with a little bullet or maybe you just start out just by touching your vulva you know even if it's just like randomly throughout the day like okay it's okay if I touch it like really go slow and go you know as far as you want but also don't feel pressure to do it so maybe just continue to allow yourself to go down there touch it feel it and I think too like another thing that this might sound super weird but looking at it in a mirror a lot of people never do that Mm. and that is something that is you know it's your own body it has so much pleasure I actually read this book recently sex with Emily she's like a doctor of sexuality and she's just incredible and I just read her book and she said there was a study that came out recently that we thought it was like 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris but it's actually 10,000 so Mm. it's like the only reason we have that is literally for pleasure so like Mm -hmm. use that to your advantage and when you get to explore your body it's just like if you can make yourself feel so good and also, let's be honest, there's a lot of health benefits to self-pleasure. So just mm-hmm. add that in the mix. And mm-hmm. I would say just start slow. Don't force yourself to do something you don't want to. But I think doing little bits every once in a while will yeah. probably make you feel more comfortable to maybe have a full-on session with yourself. Mm, I love that so much. Start a little bit here and there, get comfortable. And it does start with the the things pre-touching of journaling, journal prompts around like, why do I feel shame? Or what is my relationship to my pussy? Or can you even say the word pussy? Like, does that make you cringe? What, you know, the the terminology that you grow up with has an impact on your relationship, right? There's a lot of 
foofy foo and we like all of these different kind of things where mm-hmm. the words weren't actually used and that can create shame for people as well not even being able to utter the word pussy or vulva or mm-hmm. yoni or whatever it is um so i really love that thread of starting in the journal first going mm-hmm. inquiring there to see like can we gain deeper insights here around my current relationship to my body and then looking in the mirror so powerful and why do we fear a body part so much? Right. Yeah. We don't look in the mirror and fear, well, maybe some people do, but our toes. Like right. if you saw your toes in the mirror, would you have a massive freak out or a visceral response in your body? This is also helpful to gain, again, awareness. What mm-hmm. is this response in your body to looking at your vulva? Right. There's going to be some insights there. And why are you feeling that? And then questioning, is this mine or is this society's conditioning or is this a comment from somebody, you know, the first interaction, sexual interaction you had or maybe a sibling or a friend who saw your naked body and made a comment. All of those things we remember, our bodies remember and that becomes our programming, our patterning. So I really love this. I think this is really helpful for people to start to get used to their bodies. Also another thing, that I think is really powerful for women who have absolute disgust with their bodies is using a menstrual cup because a lot of women so disgusted, they're like, ooh, blood from inside, inside vagina canal, I'm not gonna touch it. So I think this is actually a great gateway for women to start to get comfortable in a non-sexual way and seeing, oh, there's actually beauty from my bleed versus this is disgusting and inconvenient so i'm gonna gonna add that one in there as well that's that's a good one too for sure yeah gotta just we just gotta fall in love something else that you can do also you can take it a step further which i feel like if you're new into self-pleasure journey you're probably not going to do this but you can have you ever done this you can you can buy one of those speculums and actually get a light and open your walls of your vagina so you can look at your cervix i have i you need to oh my gosh okay I didn't so do that I when I was doing my certification that was one of the tools because there are practices yeah. where the the trainers and the teachers were like you need to know what your body looks like this magical cervix that holds so much trauma and so much tension and so much tightness and so much pain for a lot of women for most women in fact yeah. but also has so much pleasure and it's also so such a powerful part of our body. So that's something fun. You can literally oh. buy them, you know, open yourself up, shine a light because it changes. Your cervix is changing throughout your cycle. Your cervix right. changes when you're turned on versus when you're not. It's a very fascinating experiment to yeah. explore. <laughs> Interesting. I'm curious yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Also, have you ever done a practice? I'm, we're getting into it now, but have you ever done a practice with your partner where he has explored with his hands all the way up into your cervix, like feeling around? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Not that I can remember. Oh, that's another fun one. That's another fun one. You can do different like pussy massage where your partner starts to really explore in a sort of non-sexual way, but more of a exploration and respect for your body. Super fascinating. But the cervix, what is your relationship to your cervix? I'd love to know. That probably seems like a random question. (laughs) No, I I feel like it is. I don't even know if I've ever really thought about that specific Mm. body part. I don't really think I have. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like I really don't have a good answer for that one. I don't really, I don't know. Maybe nothing. An area of exploration. Yeah. Immense pleasure is in the cervix. Immense pleasure. Cervical orgasms are deep, deep Deep. and juicy. Yeah, and powerful. (laughs) But yeah, there's so much pain that is really held onto in there. But that's another one. When you get more into like manual sort of tools, you can... You can yeah. take a, a big toy up there and you can be de-armoring that cervix and releasing releasing her. And then you can have access to so much pleasure there. But yeah, most yeah. people I think would be, I used to fear my cervix. I was like, I don't even, mm. I don't even have like, no, why I would explore it. But yes, 
that's a that's a gateway to even more beautiful deep juicy orgasms we love it so let's talk about the health benefits you said health benefits mm. An orgasm a day keeps the doctor away <laughs> yes <laughs> literally but how do you feel like why would you self-pleasure like how do you feel afterwards Mm. what would your intention be going into a self-pleasure session Mm, that's a good question I would say definitely a good sleep remedy if you're ever struggling like you Mm. have an O like you will definitely sleep better I know that that's definitely prominent for men as well you know some people they pass right out after they have an O so that's a that's a really good one. I think too, like it boosts your immune system. There's there's so many. It's a good stress reliever as well, because I think when you are able to make yourself feel good. I mean, think about it. Even if like you have an insanely delicious dinner, right? You're tired after you maybe be in a food coma, and you just feel good and relaxed. You had a delicious meal. It's kind of similar to that in the sense of like, oh wow, I just feel so good now. I'm relaxed. I can just hang out. And I think that that's just really, really powerful. And I would say for me personally, I like to have my self-pleasure as just like a little time to myself. Because I think a lot of people in this world, they don't give themselves permission to have alone time or, you know, do something for themselves. Like, I think that's such a common thing. Like, oh, well, I don't have enough time. Like, we'll make, like, prioritize mm. your pleasure and make it so you have you're allowing yourself time to explore your body and make yourself make yourself feel good so i would say it's just really important to give yourself that and and kind of go into it and be like i am going to relax i don't care what i have to do today i am just going to be in the moment and be present and maybe you'll learn something new about yourself I love that. It's also self-pleasure is also a natural pain reliever. So if you ever have a headache Mm. or something going instead of popping a pill, first be like, oh, I will pleasure myself (laughs) and see how the pain in my body shifts. So I have to add, add that one in there. It is great to do before sleep. And I love what you touched on there. And I think this is a cool point for people is that there's no right or wrong when it comes to self-pleasure. There's no way it's supposed to be and it also doesn't have to lead to an orgasm it can be about just the pleasure journey but something that can be helpful and maybe this is part of the seven day challenge is if you don't currently have a relationship to self-pleasure can you schedule in five minutes and give yourself a five minute session because everyone has Mm. everybody can create or find those five minutes instead of scrolling on your phone or instead of like sitting on the toilet for an extra few minutes to yeah. get that break away from your kids or whatever it is, finding a space. And if you are a busy person and you have a lot going on, could even do that in the bathroom or you could even mm. do that in the closet. It doesn't have to be in the bedroom, which I know if you live with someone or like there's so many barriers for people, I think that can stop them from having that self-pleasure. What's your favorite way? Like what's your typical scene that you will do for a self-pleasure session is it in the bedroom is it in a different room tell me yeah so I would say I would really for whatever reason I really like masturbating in the bed or in the shower I think the shower Mm. can be super fun because different positions Mm. I think too like when you do have sex of any sort whether that's self-pleasure or partnered sex I think making sure your environment is clean not cluttery because that can really have a huge impact on if you're feeling really relaxed because if you are you get in the bed and you're get you're going at it and then you look around and you have like clothes all over the floor like it's not your brain is not going to be focused on what you're doing it's going to be like oh my god there's clothes everywhere my dog is barking like well like you get to stay in the moment and kind of just look around and make sure you feel like the environment is calm and nice and like ready for you to have this session. I think too, there's so many, I mean, I was reading a book one day and I started to freaking masturbate because it was such a hot sex scene and I could not contain myself. I was so turned on and I was like, I can't, I'm just going to do it. And it was amazing. And I had a great orgasm, but yeah, I would say I like doing it in the shower too, because I think it's like the standing 
is Mm. way different and you can kind of do some different positions or different toys and it just kind of feels different. So I think, you know, setting yourself up for success, you can put candles on, you can make it, make it romantic for yourself. And especially if you're like single or in a partnered relationship, no matter what your situation is, make it a date for yourself. Like I am going to have a date where I am going to please myself. I'm going to put on some erotica or porn or whatever you feel and just enjoy it. And maybe even put some music on in the background. I think it's, Mm. it should just be like a nice session for yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think music really has an impact because if you have a sexy, sensual, vibey playlist, that immediately you start feeling yourself. You're like, yes, okay, I can start to get the pleasure going. Versus if it's dead silent, it's a little bit weird and a little bit awkward. Mm -hmm. Same thing with sex. Like always have music playing, in my opinion, always have something because it really just adds to that sensual experience, aka engaging Mm -hmm. another one of the senses, which is really what it's all about. So I have some juicy playlists. If anyone wants, if anyone wants a sexy playlist, I will Hell happily yeah. share. I'm a playlist hoe. I love to make playlists all the time. I love it. I love that it's so, so much. Good. But I find with self pleasure that the more I self pleasure, the more desire I have in general. If I'm mm. not, if I have a low libido or low sexual desire, I go back to my self pleasure practice first because mm. I know that that fills me up. And I think this might seem a little bit opposite for people because I think some people can think, like we said, the misconceptions that if you're self-pleasuring, that scarcity mindset of you're taking it all away from your, from a partner, when actually mm. I find it to be the opposite. If I am not feeling sexy or sensual or sexual or yeah, having that low, lower libido, First, I'm looking at sleep and stress, but then I'm looking at how is my own practice? Have I been connecting with myself? Have I been getting into my body? Have I been prioritizing my own pleasure and being my own best lover? And for sure, the more I self-pleasure, the more sex I desire and the better sex is in partnership for sure. And I think that's just a nice permission slip for women to know Mm. that the more that they can connect with themselves, it only amplifies the sex with another person. It only makes it better and juicier and hotter and yeah, wetter and all of the things. Yes, I completely agree. I completely agree when I'm on my shit. And I also find that when I'm working out and I'm like moving my body, because I work from home, I sit a lot. When Mm -hmm. I go to the gym, for whatever reason, when I'm on my shit, I want to have sex more often. It's really interesting, but mm-hmm. we get those juices flowing. And yeah. as women or feminine beings, we can't. We have the ability to have multi orgasms, to be very orgasmic. It's not. It's not the same as men, and we can have many, 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 many orgasms in a session in a day. Mm-hmm. And the more that we self pleasure, the more we have the accessibility to that. Like women who can have those hours long orgasms are really in tune with their sexual energy and definitely self-pleasure because it's that skill that they have honed in. And I think that's Mm. a lot of people desire, oh, I want to have multiple orgasms and they can have that. Starts with the self-pleasure. So I love this. I also wanted to touch on, because you mentioned erotica and porn and reading Mm. books. I feel like this is a good thing to talk about because- Again, there's so many misconceptions that porn is bad or porn is wrong or reading things. And what's cool about the the day and age that we live in now is that there's not just that traditional porn hub, which is a little bit like, you know, not not great. There's so much more now. There's ethical porn. There's different mm-hmm. modes of experiencing it. Like, what is your relationship to that? Do you listen? Do you read books or short stories? Like, are you open to sharing a little bit around that? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say there's, yeah, you're right. There's so many great websites for ethical porn. I know Balesa is one of them that I use. I really like that one. So I would say I do like to watch some things. I have played around with some erotica. It is very, very intriguing to me. There's actually, 
there's a lot out there too. And one of my personal favorites is called Vibes Only, and it's through the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. They created a sex toy line and erotic audio app that actually connects to their sex toy. So it's like during the story, it Bluetooths to the toy. So it will like go faster or whatever, like to the story, which I think is is some high tech shit. So that would be a really good rec for those folks out there that are interested in that. And then I think too, yeah, like, some of the books I read, I'm like, I'm like, I can't stop reading it, but I'm so turned on by just reading it. Like, like I said, I literally had to masturbate and I was like, my fiance is in their other room. I was like, please do not come in. Please do not. Get, but at the same time, I was like, I don't even care because I would have sex right now. But it was such a fun thing to read. Like, I never thought that I would be super into like, reading a sexy scene in a book and that it would turn me on that much but it was like it was Mm. amazing so I highly recommend some Colleen Hoover books if you're kind of into that (laughs) yeah I was on a massive Colleen Hoover binge this summer I pretty much read all of them (laughs) she's she's so good I love it I love it too actually fun fun little insight here because I binge so many books this summer I actually have now a desire and a dream I've never shared this with people but I want to write like sexy novels, but based on real, like really real life stuff, I feel like writing those kind of novels as a sex coach would just be so powerful and realistic and people would be able to get educated, but also have a really juicy fiction read. So life goals. Yes, you have to do it. That would be incredible. And I would 100% read it. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening. That's my five-year goal. That just dropped in this summer. And I was like, this, this is meant to be. This is going to be so powerful. So you heard it here first. (laughs) You heard it here first. I love it. Super fun. Something else, another resource that I like is Dipsy. Is that how you say it? Dipsy. Dipsy. Yep. Dipsy. I feel like that's really great because it's audio, short audio stories as well. I think that's a great entryway for people too. But the one you mentioned, I need to look this up because the lesser, syncing yeah. the sex toy to oh, the story, vibes only. that is, wow. Like vibes that only. is it's... next level shit. And also great for people to get into because it just, right. it weaves together multiple. And when you have different senses, like the audio, as well as the internal or the external, the vibes, I love it. That's fucking genius. Um, we need to we need to add all of this <laughs> for everybody to dive into. So, I would love to share a little bit. If there were more, hang on, compose myself. Are there any other self pleasure tips that you would love to share with people? How they can get started? Like set the scene. Is there anything else? What would you say to people who are curious now to start exploring mm. their own bodies? Hmm. So I would say another piece of advice I would give is use lube. Lube is important. It is your friend. Do not be shamed for using lube. I think it should be in pretty much every act that you can think of. Um, And I think it's just, yeah, think of it as your friend. It's there to help you. And I think especially when you're using toys, like, of course, like, you're not naturally going to get that whole thing ready. Like, it... And it doesn't have to be a lot. Like a little goes a long way. And so I think it's highly underrated. I think it should be used way more often than, you know, people think. And then I would say, you know, if if you are feeling shamed about it, like just know that it's normal and it is healthy to self-pleasure. It is so natural. And, you know, you never know what you're going to learn. So I think it can be a really beautiful time to have you time. And we all need alone time in this world of, of, you know, if you have a very chaotic, busy life, like it's really healthy to just take some time for yourself and make this a, you know, normal routine for yourself. Mm, you're never going to regret a self-pleasure session or you're never going to regret an orgasm. Let's be honest. (laughs) totally so good what is your favorite lube what is your lube of choice (sighs) that's a tough one so pure romance has this one called just like me 
-hmm. And so it's actually like formulated to be re-wetting. So you could literally put it on now and like in three hours you're going to have sex. You literally just like wet down there and it will like re-wet itself and it will be like he never knew that you even put it on. So that one I would say is genius. Genius. I love that one. Wow. This is very insight. I'm learning so much on this episode. This is so good. Oh I you. have not heard of that. I love Woo More Play. Do you know them? It's like a coconut Ooh. oil style one. I'm really into more of the oil-based okay. lubes, but warning for people, if you use condoms, you can't use an oil-based lube because it will higher risk of breakage. But my personal preference are those oily types. So Woo More Play have a coconut one or something Ooh. sex oil from... I think it's called Province Apothecary. Really beautiful oil as well that I freaking love because the sensation is so smooth and like glides yeah. on because there are some of those lubes that can be, you know, that like tacky, like wet kind of texture. And I think mm-hmm. people who want to get lube don't just go to look in the pharmacy store, whatever, like Shoppers Drug Mart or whatever, like CVS or whatever. Don't mm-hmm. just go there. Look online, pure romance, like different online sites, we will play because there's so much clearly from this episode, we're learning there's so much out there. Really self-pleasure and sex industry has advanced so much. And I think it's amazing. And it's just giving people the access to really explore themselves and explore pleasure in a new fun way. And it's not just the old way of Pornhub porn and Jurex kind of lube. No. There's more now. It's much sexier now yes and there's flavored lubes there's flavored lubes so that's always kind of a fun little oral party if you will you know a little oral action that can be really fun mixing it up i love it so you already shared your favorite vibrators sex toy Mm. you've shared your favorite lube we've got all of the juicy things that nothing is off limits but is there something else in the bedroom like what is your favorite thing in the bedroom outside of that okay let's see I also really like so I never like I like my hair being pulled like I like a little scratching whatever I'm into it but I had never tried a flogger before and that was something I was always curious about so there was actually a sex shop at my old place like 15 minutes down the road so me and my fiance were driving by it and I said, we're going. And it was kind of like a little spontaneous little trip that we did. Ooh. So we were like walking around and I saw it and I was like, I want to try that. But it was cool because one side of it is like a velvet texture. And then the other side, it's almost like a paddle. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is like kind of like fur, like a furry rug. So it has two different textures. So it's Ooh. like you can you can smack my butt with it, but you can also like drag that dirt like up my leg and all over my body on both sides so that is something I think if you're if you like a little bit more BDSM type of acts I think that can be really really fun to play around with and obviously if you remove one of your senses aka you know if you have a blindfold on right everything else is going to be super heightened so I love to pair the blindfold with the little flogger thing and everything is just like super heightened. So I think that can be something people can try out. Your senses can just be such a great way to stay in the moment and also just like focus on them. Like, what am I feeling? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I smelling? And that's something that I think is really, really powerful in the bedroom to keep Mm. kind of focus I love that so much. That toy sounds super fun. And I think this is just powerful to give people permission to explore and be curious because a lot of people might hear you saying that and think, I don't like BDSM or I don't like any form of pain or I don't like this. And actually they might not know. If they've not tried it, then they don't actually no and oftentimes there are things that our immediate reaction is no it's wrong it's bad it's shameful get curious and explore and it can start with different textures like or you know engaging different senses like bringing in a blindfold or some restraints of some sort or bringing in a feather boa or different Mm. temperatures or ice cubes textures all of these different things it doesn't have to always 
you don't have to start with the whips and chains and floggers. Right. So you can go there and full permission. Maybe part of this seven day self-pleasure challenge that we've just created here should be one of the days, go to a sex shop. You don't have to buy anything, but go to a sex shop because that even is an edge for a lot of people. Yeah. And it can be so fun. So fun. Grab your partner or someone that you're dating or your best friend or somebody who you can go with. You don't have to go on your own. Make it a fun experience. Go to a sex shop and just explore and look and you can feel like they always have vibrators on display and toys on display and stuff, right? You can, you can touch things and start to explore and that just opens you up to more of, okay, maybe I'm not going to buy it right now, but at least I'm going to go and I'm going to allow my body and nervous system to start to recalibrate to the potential Mm -hmm. of this thing. So I love that. Thank you for sharing and for allowing nothing to be off limits. <laughs> of course, of course. More conversations need to be like this. So full permission for people to start having these types of conversations with the people in your life, because what I find, and I'm sure you find the same, once you give people that permission and you open the door for them, they jump in and they grab it because they're like, yes, I've been waiting for this. But people are too afraid to start the conversation around sex or self-pleasure or orgasms Mm -hmm. or sex toys. But I find that once the floor has been opened, they love it. They want to know more. They just didn't know how to ask or how to bring it up. Do you find that as well? Yeah. And I think too, like, yeah, like I see, I'm the type of person where I could talk to sex with anyone as long as they're as long as the receiving person's like open to it or at least like comfortable, I don't want to make someone uncomfortable, obviously, but like I could talk to literally anyone. And as long as they're comfortable with it, I'm good. But I think it's, and then I think, yeah, there's the comfortability of like, Oh, that person can then ask me things or, you know, I have a question. Like, do you mind answering this? Like you really open up the door to other questions or even like advice some of my girlfriends will say Janae is this normal or mm-hmm. how how do I spice it up with my husband we haven't had sex in three weeks mm-hmm. so I think it's just it it's really fun when you kind of get that person who might be like quiet or a little timid about talking about sex and then you get them going on talking about all this stuff and asking you questions I think it's always so much fun so fun I'm the same I will happily talk to anyone about sex me four years ago couldn't even have a conversation about sex. Mm. I would like didn't self-pleasure, didn't have a relationship with self-pleasure or my body and could not have those conversations. I would avoid them and cringe so hard. So I also want to add that because I didn't grow up in a sex positive household where it was celebrated or talked about. It was very much avoided in my household in England. And so it is possible for everybody to transform the relationship that they have with their body, with self-pleasure, with sex and start to explore and experience. And that really transforms you as a human because there's so much more than the physical act of masturbation or sex. It's so much deeper and more fun and juicier. And everybody wants to feel more alive at the end of the day. Everybody wants to feel more fun and pleasure from, from their life. And this is a way that you can access that. It's very easy to access this. So full permission for everybody and wherever you're at, it's possible to change. If I Mm -hmm. can change this much and be a sex coach now, anybody can. Like that's that's what I say to people. It's it's possible for everybody. So I'd love to know before we wrap up here and I have some questions that I want to ask you, what would be the cherry on top? You've already delivered so much and I love this conversation. What would you want to say as final thoughts to women around self-pleasure? Oof. Give yourself permission to explore your body. I would say take it slow and know that prioritizing your pleasure is normal, healthy, and you will learn more about yourself. Mm, I love it. That's powerful. Go slow is really important. We don't have Mm. to be in such a rush. There's another correlation there that when we're moving through life in such a rushed fast paced manner, we often will take that same energy into the bedroom, whether that's solo or with a partner. So there's a challenge there and an invitation to slow everything down because when, especially as women, when we are moving much slower, 
we can start to tune in to the sensation and start to feel more. So thank you for sharing that. Slowness is very important and powerful. So I'd love to know, I always ask these questions. What are you celebrating in life right now? Ooh, I like this. So I am celebrating. I actually just created a self-love gratitude journal and it is on Amazon. And so I am super excited about that. It's like a daily journal and it just kind of walks you through, like it has prompts. And so it kind of walks you through like, what do you need today? What brings you joy and pleasure? Some affirmations in there. And that's something that I'm super proud of. And yeah, it's on Amazon. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. I'm celebrating with you. That is a very cool celebration and I need to go and check this out. I can't wait. I love it. What is bringing you pleasure right now? Ooh, I would say honestly reading. Reading has been something that I have been like cranking through books. It's, I wanted to read 20 books this year and I think I'm going to succeed that. And I'm just very proud of myself for really getting quicker at reading learning new things. I read some really interesting sex books that I've loved. And then of course, like the romantic novels, if you will. So I've been like really enjoying that part of my life Mm -hmm. this year. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And final question is what is something that you wish every woman on the planet could know or experience? Oh my God, that is such a good question. I think squirting, because I think squirting is one of the most, my most favorite thing that I can make myself do through self-pleasure, but also sometimes through partnered pleasure. And it is just incredible. Mm. If everyone could learn it and it it is teachable and it is, you can do it, but you just get a, you get a, if you feel like you have to peer that sensation, you get to just keep going. And that's probably my biggest advice is you can teach yourself, you will thank me. <laughs> I love it. Can you share a little bit about why? Like, what does it feel like for you? Why do you love it so much? Okay. So I just think it's like, it's such a release. Mm. And I think too, it it puts my whole body at like the most insanely like full body, like it just feels so good. Like my entire body is just like relaxed after. And it just is like the most insane. I can't, I can barely describe how good it feels, but it just, it's a full body. It feels like a full body orgasm for me. And just like, I feel like a million bucks after I squirt. (laughs) I fucking love it. This is the best way to end this podcast. Squirting. Literally nothing is off limits here. So let's wrap up by summarizing the seven day self-pleasure challenge that we invite you into experiencing. Self-pleasure once a day for the next seven days, go to a sex shop and explore this pleasure in a different way every day. So maybe that's changing up and you could even write this out. One day Mm. in the bedroom, one day on the sofa, one day in the car, one day in the shower, wherever feels in your body like a good place to do it. You could bring in different toys, you can bring in different textures, you can have different playlists, bringing in all of these different experiences to allow yourself to have seven days of different self-pleasure experiences. I I need to make this. I need to make this into like a whole thing. (laughs) This is epic. So if you do this seven day self-pleasure challenge, let us know, tag us and share your experience and see how you start to notice a shift in your body in pleasure and in orgasm and your relationship to your body when you give yourself permission to do that every day. Mm -hmm. Last thing, schedule it in, whether that's 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour, five minutes, create that time. Otherwise you'll find something else to fill the time with. I'm excited Mm. though for people to dive into this. So let us know where they can tag you, where they can find you and share and connect with you. Yes, absolutely. And I love this challenge. I can't wait to do it myself. Um, So you can connect with me at My Naked Mindset on any social media. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook group, Um, all the things. And on Spotify, anywhere where you can find podcasts at My Naked Mindset as well. And then my personal page is at Jazzy Janae May. 
Mm, thank you for sharing. Go check her out. And thank you for this conversation, for embodying what it means to be the unfiltered femme. Literally so fucking good. I hope everyone has enjoyed this deep dive into a truly raw, authentic, real casual conversation around self-pleasure, squirting, orgasms, and everything in between. So thank you, Janae. I've loved this so much. Thank you so much. It was such a blast.